This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDTM. Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Back in late October, we talked about Proposal N, a city-led initiative to borrow $250 million in bonds to eliminate blight throughout the city. The measure aims to demolish some 8,000 homes and to rehab approximately 6,000 others. Needless to say, it is a big undertaking. Detroit voters ended up approving the funding for Prop N on Election Day by a really wide margin. And now the real work begins as city officials move forward on the ambitious project. Arthur Jemison is Group Executive for Planning, Housing, and Development for the City of Detroit. And he joins us now to talk about what's next. Arthur, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thanks. Thrilled to be here, Stephen. How are you? I'm good. It's great to hear your voice. Uh, so first of all, congratulations on uh, the election uh, outcome. I, when we had the mayor on uh, two weeks ago, uh, I talked about being a little surprised by uh, at least the margin that that it passed by. He, of course, said he was not surprised that uh, he he expected it to to pass and to pass very comfortably. Uh, I wonder if you were perhaps surprised. I mean, seventy one percent. You know, I, I've been around Detroit a long time and and seen lots and lots of millages and bond proposals put on the ballot. I don't know that I've seen anything quite hit that number. Uh, I think it really reflects how seriously Detroiters want to get rid of uh, blighted structures in the city. Yeah, I mean, we really appreciate the confidence of the electorate, you know, what the, the way that they spoke uh, with their votes uh, about what they wanted. Um, I like to think it had something to do with uh, the proposal, um, maybe uh, in the ways that the proposal changed um, and the ways that we tried to be responsive to what we heard from uh, the community, including, you know, uh, turning down an earlier version of, a, of the proposal. Um, hopefully they saw that we were committed enough to it to come back uh, and to make changes that reflected input that they, they gave us. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're thrilled about it and excited about uh, beginning uh, the implementation, uh, not just of the the directive and the authorization to go um, borrow the money and do the demolitions, but also all the things that we committed to in our kind of accompanying resolution, uh, which was designed to really not just get the demolitions and rehabilitations done, but to uh, begin to use that change to drive other kinds of change uh, in neighborhoods around the city. Mm. So there's a lot to this program. It's not just, as you point out, just borrowing the money, but but lay out a timeline for us of maybe the next six or eight months uh, and what the first phases of this massive project are going to look like. Sure. Uh, so I guess the first thing uh, that we've been focused on uh, since the passage was, um, you know, kind of governance issues. So Lawan Counts and Brad, uh, with Brad Dick's support, um, have been uh, working to kind of create a sub-cabinet of team members, everybody from Buildings and Safety who uh, who helps to make sure that demolitions are completed correctly, and um, to you know DLBA who owns uh, owns the property um, and who will sell the rehabilitated houses. Um, so they've really been working on getting us organized in a way that allows us to move forward uh, well. A second thing that we've been doing is uh, asking uh, the council uh, to um, uh, recommend uh, participants to be on the uh, neighborhood improvement advisory committee. Uh, which is something that was committed to in the resolution that we've got 
uh, community member input uh, into the, uh, the ways that we're doing the work. Um, a second area of focus has to do with um, procurement uh, and getting uh, bids for the first set of, uh, of houses that are going to be demolished uh, and then rehab. So we have the first demolition package has already been uh, issued and a pre-qualification was done for bidders. We, we have a first uh, package of, um, of demolitions out and they've come back and are being analyzed for uh, to select bidders. Again, we made a series of commitments about how we were going to do procurement um, and, and how we were going to uh, try to achieve our goals. Um, and so uh, this is one of those first tests to make sure we can do that. Um, and the third piece is actually selling the bonds themselves. So, um, you know, uh, David Masseron, uh, Katie Hammer, um, uh, Tanya Stoudemire, and, 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 um, and our, our team, uh, our finance team, are out um, putting together um, uh, the packages uh, so that we can um, go to the market uh, and get uh, and get uh, our bonds, uh, at least the first tranche of them, sold uh, so we can fund all these activities. So um, those are the three fronts of the battle right now. Mm. So a lot of critics cited concerns about Prop N because of the city's history with demolishing homes safely and transparently. Demolition has been going on in this city since I was a very young child, in fact. Uh, and it has always been somewhat controversial, and there have been a lot of things that we've been told would happen that wouldn't happen, and there's been some things that have happened that shouldn't have happened. Uh, what steps are you guys taking this time to make sure that this goes as efficiently and smoothly as possible? So our focus has really been on how do we get more transparency into the um, – you know, into the day-to-day workings of the of the demolition and rehab process, um, and so I think when you if you read the resolution uh, and sort of see some of the actions we've taken, um, bringing um, bringing demolition back under the direct review of the Detroit City Council, where any and all issues are going to get sorted out and brought forward, um, and you've got uh, the Legislative Policy Division, and you've got um, you know. All kinds of people uh, able to view the actual selection of bidders and make sure that that's done according to the standard. Now, before there were there've been other processes before where there were boards. I mean, the uh, the land bank board um, had a role in all this before, but uh, not before have you had um, this volume of work going through a our Detroit City Council. We think that's going to help the transparency. Also, believe that having um, a neighborhood advisory panel that's actually looking at the, uh, the, the proposed uh, annual activities of the program is another way we're going to get um, we're going to get transparency introduced into this. Um, I think you also philosophically, you know, Milan and Brad have been doing high quality work for the city for um, you know for over 10, 15 years uh, through lots of different kinds of administrations and. Uh, and leadership, and they're uh, really primed to do, to do this in a way uh, that's transparent. And again, they're also the kind of people where if they make a mistake, they're going to acknowledge and fix that mistake. Um, and I think that's a key part of the leadership formula uh, for getting this done. So, um, you know, I know it, it, it has controversy associated with it um, in the past. Uh, what we're trying to do is say, is, is actually learn from that and uh, introduce more transparency, introduce more opportunities for people to uh, opine. And then, you know, with that transparency is going to come, you know, going to come both success and, and there's going to be mistakes made sometimes. So as long as people can see them and they can see us they can be accountable for them, 
and making changes to reflect it, I think that's what's going to make the difference. Mm. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. We are now talking about Proposal N, uh, the ambitious anti-blight initiative that was on the ballot here in the city of Detroit last November. And we're talking about what comes next. When are we going to start to see some of this activity that the city now has money to continue uh, getting rid of uh, all of these properties that uh, are really dragging down a lot of neighborhoods. Uh, they will also be rehabbing a lot of the homes that uh, it's possible to do that with. Uh, again, 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter, put comments there, and uh, we'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Aaron and Jefferson Chalmers. Aaron, welcome to the show. Hello, I'm, I'm looking outside my back window right now at a house across the alley mm-hmm. that is owned by one of Michael Kelly's LLCs. It's collapsing in on itself, and it had $8,000 in blight fines forgiven because the city wanted Michael Kelly's land for expansion of the FCA plant. And I've been told by the city in past correspondence that they don't have the money to tear it down. Now, with the proposal of or with the passage, rather, of Proposal N, how can this house get on the list and eventually get torn down? Uh, Aaron, that's a great question. And uh, we should say for listeners who don't know, Michael Kelly is uh, a, a property owner, a big property owner in Detroit who buys a lot of things out of the annual tax foreclosure auction. He's a kind of controversial figure because a lot of those properties are not taken care of. They're not in great shape. Uh, But Arthur, I wanted you to specifically answer Aaron's question, but also talk about, I mean, this is something that lots of people in the city deal with, right? Uh, This is one of the reasons I believe that Prop N passed with such a wide margin is that when people look out their windows in this city, too often they see a house uh, that's in bad shape and they don't know what to do about it. What should Aaron do and what should other Detroiters do? Well, um, first, Aaron, you, you should speak directly with your um, uh, with your uh, Department of Neighborhoods um, um, person, Dennis Perkins, uh, who can get you. Uh, and I think Rod Wiggins has recently joined as well. He can get you specific information about that specific property. Um, the reason I'm sort of pausing is I'm not sure if that specific property was party to the uh, transaction that was. Uh, presented and uh, approved by uh, the the city council before, or if it's just another property that Michael Kelly owns on which enforcement could take place. Um, one of our challenges is the we do have 16,000 properties belonging to the land bank uh, that can be sold for rehabilitation, rehabbed, or demolished. Um, what we're going to be doing uh, about privately owned properties is uh, through BC increasing enforcement, um, and through, um, and through MAP, um, undertaking lawsuits against individuals to get uh, their nuisance, uh, MAP stands for Nuisance Abatement Program, uh, to get the nuisance that that demolition is presenting to you and your neighbors addressed. Um, Dennis and Rod are the ones who can figure out which, whether we have the ability to do that in this case, or if somehow it's connected to the uh, tra- other transaction that you, rec- that you referenced. And and if I live in a neighborhood where there are, you know, uh, maybe one house or several houses that are in bad shape and I don't know what's going on with them 
what's the process for me trying to trying to make sure that it's part of this program? Sure. So um, what we're doing uh, on this is a we've got our Department of Neighborhoods is a human on the other end of a phone who can help you track down information. Um, the other thing we're going to do is uh, I know that the demo uh, the, the new demolition department um, is working on a, uh, a website uh, or updates to a website that can give you the sort of status of uh, properties uh, that are being demolished. We had a lot of success with a, a version of this program in the earlier uh, iteration of demo, and it's our effort to uh, bring it back online under you know with all the new uh, under the, the new leadership that we've got in the new direction, so that you'll be able to go to a interactive map, click on that property, find out where it is in the process. Um, that's something we're striving to do and we believe we're going to be able to get done uh, in the first year of implementation. And and one of the things that was a key selling point of Prop N was, and this is a little technical, but because the city is going to borrow this money on its own, it does not have to abide by the restrictions that the Treasury Department, who had been paying for demolition for such a long time here in Detroit, had put on on where you could spend that money. I mean, some neighborhoods mm-hmm. qualified for that Treasury program and other neighborhoods did not. And you had a lot of people who said, look, you guys are tearing all these houses, but they're not coming down in my neighborhood. And that was often uh, mm-hmm. the reason this new money won't have those kind of restrictions. You can tear down houses wherever you like. That's true. And I appreciate the chance to talk about that because there's two leading implications of that. The first one is that your um, it allows us to do our to use all the city's um, procurement ordinance provisions that, for example, allow us to um, to, to allocate thirty percent, uh, set aside thirty percent of the contract and work to. Detroit headquartered micro businesses, right, which allows us to be very specific about who and what kind of business ventures are being supported in doing this work. Um, a second dimension is exactly as you said, um, allowing us to operate in areas that we were unable to operate in because of uh, the sort of rules and guidance of the uh, of the federal HHF program. So it means that you know we're able to prioritize. Um, you know, just to give you an example, the, the priority, the number one priority for us uh, in this program, from on the demolition side, is for us to uh, go to those places where there's an occupied house that has two vacant houses on either side of it, and to address those two vacant houses. Um, and when we run out of situations where a Detroiter is living with two vacant houses next to them, then we're going to go to places where. Uh, or a Detroiter has one vacant house next door to them. And we're going to just start there and work outward. And then when you use that as your kind of guiding principle, it takes you to those parts of the city um, that uh, have not had the benefit uh, of these uh, these demolitions in the way that they should. You know, it takes you to um, uh, the, you know, it takes you to Midwest, and it takes you to Grasset Seven Mile, and it takes you to Narden Park. Um because those are the places that we weren't, we weren't able to get to with the prior uh, program. Yeah. Okay, Arthur Jemison, uh, Group Executive for Planning, Housing, and Development for the City of Detroit. It's always great to talk with you here on the show. Thanks very much for joining us to talk about Prop N, and we'll have you back hopefully uh, sometime in the new year to talk about how things are going. I'd love to do it. Thanks again. Yeah. Okay, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, Come back tomorrow. We're going to have a conversation with the reporters of Bridge Detroit. They've had 
a pretty amazing year covering COVID-19, covering the Black Lives Matter movement, and then covering the election aftermath. We'll take a look at all of the big local stories they covered over the course of 2020. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.